views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines known as USA Inc. Today's date is June the 30th. I mean, this month has just went by so fast. Tomorrow is July the 1st. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Hope that my voice finds you safe and sound behind these enemy lines. We do have a guest scheduled for you today, and again, as I just mentioned, tomorrow will be July the 1st, and July the 4th is on this Saturday. Uh, that is when people in the United States of America celebrate the independence of white men, and that is exactly what they're doing, and, and people just want to try to use all this uh, verbal gymnastics and to say, you know, it doesn't really mean that and we're all Americans. And, and look, the origins of that holiday was to celebrate the freedom and the independence of wealthy white male landowners, right? Okay, not white women, not black people, not indigenous people, not anybody else, but white Males. All right. Their founding fathers are not your founding fathers. Their founding fathers were racist white supremacists who enslaved many ancestors of our people, black people, African descendant people, wiped out our indigenous family on this continent. So that is really who you are honoring on the 4th of July. You're honoring, you're celebrating not the freedom of everyone in the United States of America, but you are celebrating the triumph of wealthy white men over the British King, King George. It's important that we stop following things out of simply because of tradition. These traditions, when you search them back to their roots, 
have nothing to do with you have nothing to do with me as a non-white person behind these enemy lines and of course you know you know I talk about all the time that slavery was never abolished they're still practicing it right here in the 21st century not only are they practicing slavery but they engaging in human trafficking and that human trafficking portion of it may have just gotten a huge bump by the passage of that that trade uh, Pacific Trade Partnership to TPP, whatever it's called, Trans-Pacific Partnership, that human trafficking is going to get a huge boost from that. Okay? The human trafficking of non-white people. And it may lead to the enslavement of even more people here in the United States because you can't find a job, so you out there doing what you can do to survive, whether you slanging some weed or whatever. Many people are in prison that don't belong there, but you may find yourself in the next five, ten years, who knows, behind them bars on that prison plantation because, you know, you couldn't find a job or you had a job, but you couldn't feed your family off of it. And so you was doing some extracurricular uh, activity and now you a slave. So that is the theme of today's show. We're going to talk about symbols, symbols. You know, we've been yesterday. I talked a lot about that racist terrorist Confederate flag. Also the flag of the Ku Klux Klan. They'll be having a rally in South Carolina. I think it's next month and whatnot. And so all of these flags have symbols and whatnot. So we will talk about that today. We will talk about that today with Truth Minister Paul Scott when he joins us. Uh, he should be calling in about 4.30. Right now he is on uh, White Supremacist Media. Uh, Sean Hannity, y'all know him. He has a Fox News show. He also has a radio show. And so uh, Truth Minister Paul Scott. Well, he doesn't go by truth minister no more, but Minister Paul Scott um, had a conflict of scheduling and he asked me, you know, what time did he want me to come on? And I had scheduled him for 4.05, but um, he was like going to come on here and he was going to say, you know, I I'll do Black Talk Radio and catch up with Sean Hannity on a later date. But I said, no, 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 no. Sean Hannity reaches millions of people way more than I reach presently. So go ahead and engage in propaganda because we fighting a propaganda war on his program. And then when you done, you just come on, you know, over the black talk radio. So he'll be joining us at four thirty is when we expect him to call in because um, he promoted, he suggested or proposed that black people, and not just those here behind these enemy lines on the corporate plantation known as the USA. Um, but if you are anywhere in the diaspora, I got friends that's in Africa, friends that's in, that's, uh, in the UK. People tune in to this program from Africa, tune in from the Caribbean, you know, well, tune in to the station. So if you want to show your unity, make this a diaspora wide thing as well as those who are on the continent of Africa. If you want to change your Facebook profile pics or social media pics to represent the red, black, and green, then we certainly would appreciate that. 
because what you what um minister paul scott is promoting is really a unity exercise in the face of all of this white terrorism that we have been experiencing and also to promote conversation around well why are you changing your flag i'm an american i you know this and that you know well it gives us an opportunity to educate them not be uncodified and be yelling and screaming at them and calling them names and, and all that kind of stuff no tell them you know the reason why the reason why we are doing this unity exercise on the 4th of july you know why i saw many of you sharing uh you know doing the rainbow thing in solidarity with those people who won their legislative battle to uh for what they call it um marriage equality and you've been repping the the rainbow colors even though those colors don't have black nowhere in there i didn't see anybody include the color black in their rainbow so you know we we didn't dog you out at least i didn't dog you out i didn't say nothing to you about your rainbow colored flag or anything like that so i hope i hope that you as a black person would rep the rbg colors just as hard as you was rap repping those rainbow colors that again didn't include the color black all right so he he said that this is what he wrote he said this week is the fourth of july would you support a movement to get as many africans as possible to rep the red black and green flag to counter the red white and blue propaganda signify yes by changing your facebook profile picture to red black and green are you down so that that's what we asking you today are you down are you unified with your people because we certainly have uh suffered many things under that red white and blue just like you know for those states that got that confederate flag and got those white supremacist monuments those are symbols of our oppression and so uh while we know pulling down those symbols is not going to end racism and white supremacy uh just as i know that raising the flag of the red black and green is not going to end racism and white supremacy but what it is going to do is build unity it is going to at least for one day put a lot of black people on the same page and send a message globally that no we are not raising the red white and blue because slavery is still being practiced under that all kind of oppression worldwide is happening under that flag so that's what it's all about that's what it's all about it's all about this propaganda warfare and then you know hopefully we can start up conversations with people if they might ask the question why you change your profile to red black and green and all this and that you know we'll answer the question then tell them why some of the things i just laid out for you and so again minister paul scott be joining us here uh probably in about 17 minutes 18 minutes now also some of the things i want to throw out there uh the confederate terrorist flag debate is more than just about a flag it's about what that flag represents which is racism white supremacy in the wider conversation around the subject of racism and white supremacy all right 
it's uh, it, people that are saying that it won't end racism and white supremacy. No, we know that. Don't act like we, you know, are ignorant because we not ignorant. But what it is having people doing is talking about racism and white supremacy. That's something that they don't want to do. That's what I've heard many people say. It makes people uncomfortable when you start talking about racism in this country. Even the so-called good white people don't want to talk about racism and white supremacy. So, today I want to put the spotlight on another aspect around that or another side of that debate around that Confederate terrorist flag and put the spotlight on just how damaging racism and white supremacy is on the psyche of black people. It is doing a lot of damage to us mentally, physically, spiritually. And so when I saw, you know, and I've seen them before and I may have made some propaganda post about black people raising that Confederate terrorist flag and, and whatnot. I, but I came across another article in the Washington Post. And so when racist suspect media, white supremacy media, white people's press, when, when they start promoting something, when they start promoting all these black people that's raising that flag, you better believe they engaged in deception. They are engaging in confusion. They want to showcase these black confused people so that they can spread even more confusion among us. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Another thing that caught my eye today for the black people who participate in politics, which is a very small minority. And that's why, you know, I tell people when they say, you know, especially racist suspects talk about the uh black people being on the democratic plantation and how they, you know, talk and, and yeah, 90 plus percent of people who do vote Black people who vote, who participate in the people activity area of politics, do tend to vote for Democrats. But then the way these racist suspects and white supremacists want to portray it is like the Democratic Party has widespread support among black people. Black voters are a very small minority of the 40 plus million uh, people classified as black in this country. The vast majority of black people do not participate in politics on any level. They don't even vote for school board. They don't even vote for local judges and, and local representatives and, and things of that nature, you know. Now they may do it in areas like Charlotte, North Carolina or, you know, other places, other cities, urban areas where you have a large population of black people. But I would then submit to you that, again, you know, probably the majority of them don't even turn out to vote that are eligible to vote. But, of course, we know they always trying to strip us of that right to vote, whether that is by passing uh, voter ID laws like they have passed here in North Carolina, which has a case coming before the Supreme Court here uh, soon. Or whether that is, you know, putting you on the prison plantation and hopefully if you get out, well, guess what? Damn, you didn't lost your right to vote. It ain't even though you serve your time, 
All of your so-called rights are not restored to you. So that's another thing of why you shouldn't be raising the red, white, and blue. Because in my opinion, whether you've been in prison or not, you are not looked upon as a full citizen of this country. Your rights or so-called rights under the U.S. Constitution are constantly under assault by people who repped that flag, the red, white, and blue. So anyway, you know, another troubling aspect that I saw in the people activity of politics is that there is a poll that just came out. And Bernie Sanders, I think he's a senator out of Vermont. Yeah, I, I do believe he's a senator. I don't think he's a congressperson. I could be wrong about that. But there's only two people. Well, no, it's more than two. It's more than two people who have thrown their hat in the ring to, you know, try to secure the Democratic nomination for president so that they can then run in the general election. It's not a whole lot of Democrats that have thrown their hats in the ring. I know Martin O'Malley, that racist suspect in Maryland. We talked about him the other day, you know, in the face of white uh, white terrorism against the church in Charleston. And the first thing come out of his mouth is some gun control. Not no this is terrorism and let's put a stop to these white terrorists. No, it was like, let's take guns from black people so they can't defend themselves. So he's in there. But Bernie Sanders is a so-called self-described socialist who is pretty popular among progressives. White people who classify themselves as progressives and they say that he is way to the left of Hillary Clinton a white supremacist in, in my opinion and so there was a poll that was recently done among black people who vote and it shows that only 3% of black voters support Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton who got 91% in this poll now you just you know not to I don't want to put a whole lot of or put a whole lot of weight behind these polls cuz it's not like they polling millions of people you know we lucky if they you're lucky if they poll a thousand people but you know they use that and come up with mathematical equations and and say you know this is how most black people would vote or whoever you know voted in a poll or gave a preference in the poll you know they they say well you know this is representative of the wider population so just keep that in mind because i ain't never been called on on my phone cell phone whatever i ain't never been called on no poll now i have been sent polls through the mail by uh republican candidates in my state and uh i think even uh sarah palin one time had sent a poll that we got in our mail so i have taken part in those but in terms of people calling and and asking me what what i think about something no they don't call us anyway so what i mean why do you think that is we just did a program the other day and of course i know probably most of those people that participated in that poll don't listen to black talk radio news and or don't listen to black talk radio networks digital radio station and whatnot, so I don't suspect that they heard the program that we did on Hillary Clinton and how she's an enemy of black people 
and all the foul things her and Bill and even her brothers have gotten in on the act to exploit black people, to bring harm to black people all over this globe, not just here in the United States, but all over this globe. And so what what do you think is the reason why these black people, 91% that participated in this poll, supports Hillary Clinton? Is it that they just hate Bernie Sanders that much or they don't know that much about Bernie Sanders or or I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I got some ideals on why. But I would like to hear from from you all who who's listening in our listening audience. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's because of black misleadership that these people are throwing their support? behind Hillary Clinton despite her long long record of being anti-black you think they have forgotten the disrespect and the racist coded messages she sent out to people when she was campaigning back in 2000 and what 7 do they have short memories or something you know or do you think that they think Hillary Clinton has learned her lesson and she's turned a new leaf and, you know, you really can teach old dogs new tricks. So I don't know. It just doesn't make logical sense to me, you know, considering all that they have done. It's crazy, actually. So let me, um, as we wait on uh, Truth Minister Paul Scott, before I get into uh, some of that stuff I just covered let me um, the Greece banking crisis now Tando radio show I don't know if they'll be on air today I will check my email but they have uh, been covering the Greek banking crisis and so there's been some new news on that and so um, people have asked on Facebook if anybody knows anything about it so I'm just going to talk a little bit about that I know I saw a local news report out of Charlotte from the Charlotte, I think it was the Charlotte Observer. Yeah, the Charlotte Observer where they brought this guy on and he said that what's going on in Greece and the European banking system won't have is, let me use his exact words. He said it's likely not to have an impact on the banking system here in the United States. Well, pay attention to words. You know, that's like we was talking about yesterday, Tim Wise talking about, you know, I, uh, you know, I assume or what was the word, word he used? You know, that means I'm not really sure, but I'm going to just say this anyway. So that, that's what I say about, um, you know, this guy saying, well, it's likely, well, you know, that means to, to you're telling me you're not sure that there is a possibility, but you know, you don't want people to panic or I don't know. But anyway, it appears that the worldwide markets have been impacted because the news I shared yesterday, some of the other news I shared yesterday on that uh, Greek banking crisis is that the stock market exchange was down 120 points, open, open down 120 yesterday. So let me see if I can um, play this video from Fox News talking about the Greek banking crisis. It might play a, a 
Yeah, it's playing the ad. We'll let this ad go. Then we'll skip it. Out with the Yeah, let's go ahead and play this. Breaking news here. Markets are open. We're off triple digits already. We expected this. A financial time bomb ticking in Athens, Greece. As we monitor how markets are reacting, the Dow already down, as I mentioned, more than 100 points. Greek banks were ordered to close for six days as negotiations of the country's debt come to a standstill. European Central Bank refusing to increase emergency credit lines. Strict limits on bank withdrawals, creating huge lines at ATM machines. Greg Palcott, live in Athens now, and what is the latest there, Greg? Bill, considering the Greeks were told that their banks will be closed for the next eight days, and the most, if they were lucky, is $66 out of their ATM at any one time, well, they've been calm. That's exactly what they're dealing with right now. It all is a result of a breakdown between Greece and the European Union and its creditors over the weekend. The European Union wanted them to raise taxes, also to cut pensions. Greece said no, and that resulted in the yanking of the emergency funding, also the stopping of a big bailout program from the EU, and also it looks like they're going to default on an IMF loan tomorrow. And that means for the very first time we could see a euro country falling out of the euro. And that's got a lot of people spooked, including a few people that we talked to on the street today. Take a listen. Nobody knows. Do you know what's going to happen no. this week? Even they don't know what is no, yes. What do you think? I think a lot of things, but I cannot tell you. Oh, just a little bit. No, Are you no, upset? No, no, no. Obviously uh, upset. Very much. We'll see uh, what we can do, and then we'll, we'll try to find the solution. Adding a lot of confusion, uh, the Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras of the far-left uh, uh, Syriza party calling for a referendum this weekend, yes or no, on whether Greece should go along with this bailout program. Yes, and uh, Syriza and Tsipras will probably have to go. Political turmoil, no, and then the turmoil gets even deeper. Greece looking like it'll fall out of the euro. Why, you might ask, is a little country in Europe, southeastern corner of such importance to the United States. First of all, if this riles uh, Europe and uh, the European Union, as it looks like, as the stock markets have been going down massively today, then one of our most trading, important trading partners is in trouble. Also, with ISIS looming not too far from where we are and Russia causing problems as well, Greece, as a member of NATO, is also an important security concern, important to keep stability here. Probably why President Obama was on the phone yesterday to European leaders, and probably why Treasury Secretary and others were talking to the officials here. The U.S. does not want this to go down. Back to you, Bill. Thank you, Greg. We'll watch it from here. Greg Palcott, live in the streets of Athens, Greece, there. All right, so that was the report from uh, Fox News about this, and, you know, um, I don't like sharing stuff from Fox News, but, you know, that's the one that came up. That's the video that came up. But uh, anyway, you know, that ain't got nothing to do with the racist propaganda that they push 24-7. Uh, but that has to do with some financial issues that can reach out and touch you. Like Dave, you know, has been trying to tell people on Tando Radio Show for at least the past two weeks he has talked about. You know, the fiat currency that the United States is under through the uh, Federal Reserve, which is not part of the federal government, but a private banking cartel with secret memberships on their boards at the main one. And that, you know, that's why they had a bailout in 2008. This system is very fragile because it this money isn't real money. 
like Dave says all the time, silver and gold is real money. That greenbacks or whatever you want to say, they came off the gold standard back in the early 1900s. So this, this you, we're playing with monopoly money that really literally has really no value. It's just like diamonds, you know, artificial value because diamonds are plentiful. There's no shortage of diamonds. That's why I shake my head when I see, you know, like Kobe Bryant, you know, whatever problems he was having with his wife, he bought her that $2 million ring and, and you know, man, you're paying for glass. That's glass. Then, you know, you don't know if you're dealing with blood diamonds or not. You know, the exploitation of people in Africa. But the beers and, and, and people like that, those corporations, they keep those diamonds off the market to inflate the value and people run out and they spend all that money on them diamonds so you spending fake money monopoly money for some kind of fake precious gem that ain't really precious I remember when I was doing uh, construction work and we was uh, we was working somewhere uptown Charlotte you know they make saw blades that are diamond tipped now, those diamonds is so precious, you know what I'm saying? I mean, really what you're paying for is somebody cutting that diamond and make it look pretty and all this and that. I mean, you think that's worth thousands, tens of thousands, millions of dollars? Man, you're just throwing your fake currency away. So, anyway, I think it is important that, that you know, our people do pay attention to what's going on uh, in Greece what's going on in Europe because it can impact us here what's next they going it's the United States finna you know bail out Greece finna bail out Europe is that what's finna happening and then our children and grandchildren will be paying for that bailout they ain't even finished paying for the bailout that you know all these white supremacist banks got here in 2008 just debt on top of more debt. And then I was reading yesterday about the colony of Puerto Rico, which is a literal colony where people are dirt poor. They having their own financial crisis in Puerto Rico. And they system about to collapse. And they asked President Obama to help. And he said, no, we not finna bail out no bunch of non-white people. So, you know, y'all just uh, off on y'all own. We might send some advisors over there and whatnot, but as far as, uh, you know, we coughing up any money to help you, that's not finna happen. So, you know, we got to pay attention, people. I'm no financial expert. That's why I don't talk a lot about it, but I know people are concerned about this, and so that's why I wanted to uh, share that news with you. Uh, that's more along David's expertise as he gives precious metals classes and, and teaches people where to invest their money, invest it in precious metals and not leaving it in the banks and whatnot. So that that's very important that people should be uh, paying attention to. Now, we are going to take a short station identification break, and when we come back, uh, we will be speaking with Minister Paul Scott about black unity on the 4th of July. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. We will be back on the other side. 
Fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo kicks off on July 17th through the 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. The Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo was established in 2012 by Rooster Fruits and the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Association for the strong purpose of providing quality culturally based resources, educational training, and support to black African homeschooling, non-homeschooling parents, and educators alike. This work is to assist in the cultivation of excellence and empowerment of our black children. The Expo also provides a thriving outlet and platform for small black independent businesses that specialize in retailing and or creating culturally conscious products and or services for the development of our youth. For more information on the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo that will be occurring during the weekend of July 17th through the 19th in Atlanta, go to Liberated MindsExpo.com. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. All right, welcome back. Again, this is uh, Scotty Reed and for this broadcast from Behind These Enemy Lines. And I do believe uh, we have Minister Paul Scott on the line with us. Greetings to you, brother. We say all praise be to Creator, all power to His people, in the name of Yahshua, the Black Revolutionary Messiah. I greet you, my brothers and sisters, in the spirit of truth and the words of peace. Shalom aleichem. How's it going, brother? Um, I'm doing as well as can be expected behind these enemy lines, Minister Paul Scott, because you know our people are under uh, warfare conditions in this country. So, you know, there are other people doing a whole lot worse than me, so I don't like to complain, but I also uh, don't like to lie. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. So I'm doing well as can be expected, brother. But it's good to speak with you again. I know, you know, we communicate sometimes through through Facebook, but we don't get to talk, you know, as much as we used to. Uh, but when I saw you promoting, you know, you proposing that we engage in this black unity exercise is what I call it, a black unity exercise on uh, the upcoming uh, holiday that many people in this country celebrate called the 4th of July. And of course, you know that they telling us lies. So you call it 4th of July. So but before we get into that, brother, for those who may not have ever heard of you, can you tell them a little bit about your a little bit about your work and, and how you work to advance, you know, uh, our people uh, under these conditions of warfare. Yes, sir. And now let me say, I think the 4th of July, the first person I heard say that was uh, Dr. Berish, uh, Shaka Musa Berishango in his book about European holidays and African genocide. So uh, he's the first one I heard referred to as first of 4th of July. Uh, once again, brother, it's an honor to be on your program again. Um, let me say that this is like the Militant Mind Movement uh, reunion, um, and that was probably one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of. Uh, we were able to raise issues and shut things down. It never happened before like that. And I doubt very seriously uh, it will ever happen again. So shout out to you, shout out to Yasin, shout out to the whole Militant Mind Movement, man. Most uh, but yeah, uh, as far as me, I'm just a servant of the Most High. Um, the ministry is the Messianic African Nation, based in Durham, North Carolina, teaching a black liberation or African liberation theology. 
Uh, also, uh, another, my, the other movement is MYD, which stands for Messianic Disciples of Yahshua, the Black Revolutionary Messiah. And we believe, like Yahshua taught, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So that's me in a nutshell, good brother. Yeah, and and for our listeners, because I have been having people, uh, Minister Paul, contacting me that's in North Carolina asking me, you know, if I know any conscious brothers and sisters that they could link up with. And um I did put one in touch, this one sister in touch with uh um our brother um man, I'm getting brain freeze up there in Durham with you. What? Sharif? Yes. Sharif okay. for me. Yeah. I'm thank you. Thank you for reminding me. And so I know that, you know, you engage also in a street ministry up there. So, you know, tell people about that street ministry. If they are in that area where you are, you know, if they want to come out and, and, you know, congregate with the people and, and, you know, whatever it is y'all up there engaging in. I know, you know, you handing out books and stuff. And so tell people a little bit about that, that, that movement you got going on locally there. Well, for the past eight and I would say going on nine years, uh, once a week we have gone to uh, the West End in Durham and given out snacks, CDs, DVDs. Uh, most recently, over the last year or so, uh, we started giving out books more so than uh, CDs and DVDs. Uh, w- reason being is that it's something empowering about seeing these brothers walking around, uh, you know, the gang members or whatever, walking around with a book in their hand. I mean, we could give them a CD, they may or may not listen to it, uh, they or a DVD, they may or may not watch it, but when they're walking around with a book in their hand, I think it makes them feel empowered. Uh, so we've been doing that work uh, for the last eight or nine years. Most recently, we started calling it the Main Source um, Street Institution uh, because a lot of times on Facebook, people say, well, you need to set up institutions. You need to set up institutions. An uh, institution doesn't have to be within four walls, just like mm-hmm. the church. Uh, the church doesn't have to be within four walls, so an institution to help our people doesn't have to be within four walls either. So I didn't leave the church a four-wall institution to go into the street will get into the uh, having Messianic African Nation be another four-wall institution. So we're just on the street, brother. Uh, once a week, we go to uh, one of the uh, stores, get a bag of chips, and we go to the libraries or the used bookstores um, during the week, stock up on books, and we just use our copy machine and make some propaganda. So when we hit the block, uh, we just hand out the chips, and in the process of handing them a uh, bag of potato chips, or whatever we say, hey brother, can can I talk to you a minute, and or can I give you a book as well? So that's going real well, brother. It took about six months for Pete to gain that trust in that neighborhood, uh, but after that, it's been on and popping. Oh wow, that's great to hear. That's great to hear, man. Um, now let's talk about um, this unity. Um, black unity promotion on the 4th of July. Um, a lot of people already are repping the red, black, and green. Some of us, and you know, I'm not talking about myself because I've been, you know, using different profile pics for whatever. And, uh, but a lot of people always rep the red, black, and green with their profile pics on, on social media. Uh, but I'm starting to see more and more people doing that. Um, I think it was in, in response to so many of our people repping that rainbow flag. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't include the color black. But anyway, uh, what gave you the ideal to propose this black unity, uh, exercise on the 4th of July? 
Okay, um, and let's be clear as far as my input. It really predated that whole rainbow thing. Um, okay. For those of you who keep up with my writings on NoWarningShotsFire.com, or hip-hop, or ER web, I put out the call about two weeks ago and and put out the call to the community, and we had, you know, in response to the Confederate flag, and not only the Confederate flag, but the American flag mm-hmm. that many people celebrate on the 4th of July. I said, let's raise the red, black, and green. So that happened way before uh, the uh, rainbow flag. Um, but I don't know, brother. I mean, it was an interesting situation. It just shows the power of the Internet. I have been talking to a couple of brothers in the movement about the idea of uh, repping the red, black, and green for the 4th of July uh, earlier uh, that week. And um, just something, brother, um, the spirit just moved Friday night. I put it on the Internet. I said, hey, uh, why don't we change our Facebook profile pics to red, black, and green. So that was, uh, just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So that was before this Supreme Court decision that, you know, for marriage equality is what they're calling it. And um, that was before, two weeks before that even happened, because some people have been saying, you know, oh, y'all just doing this because we doing these red, you know, these uh, rainbow flags and what. So actually you put the call out way before that. Yeah, it was way before that. Um, but you know, even if it was a response to that, and <laughs> but but um, you know, like you said, we've been repping the red, black, and green. But something I don't know how the idea came to me. Maybe I was listening to X Clan Friday night. I just put it on Facebook. I said, uh, why don't we change our Facebook profile pictures to red, black, and green? And then Sister Ife out of Detroit, um, this brother, I think his name is Brother Adrian. He hooked her picture up, and that popular picture that everybody's seen on Facebook where the red, black, and green flag or colors are over people's Facebook pictures. Uh, The first one I saw do that was Sister Ife. That's the first one I saw do it as well. (laughs) And people started reposting her picture and she said, no, no, I didn't want everybody to repost my picture. I wanted people to make their own picture. So after then, brother, just started skyrocketing, man, and over the next couple of hours, my whole Facebook timeline turned red, black, and green, which is a beautiful thing, and it just shows you the power uh, of the Internet and an idea whose time has come. Now, some people are doing it in response to the rainbow flag, and uh, but uh, other people have been doing it forever, and I, w- I think you, you will see that the people who are really repping it, they've been doing it for 20, 10, 20, 20 years at least. Right. And and I would also say some people did it in response to that Confederate flag, considering, you know, uh, that debate that's going on right now about tearing down these uh, terrorist symbols that that non-white people, black people are forced to pay taxes to maintain. So, you know, um, now for those who don't know, what do the colors of red, black and green stand for? Okay, the colors of red, black and green was given us was given to us. In 1920, by the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey at his 1920 convention, uh, he gave us that flag, red meaning uh, the blood that was spilled. Some people say the blood that was spilled, the blood that has to be spilled for the liberation of African people. Black is for the people, and green is for the motherland or Africa. So though that is the color uh, scheme of the red, black, and green. That's the meaning behind the red, black, and green, um, like I said, you know, it's been going on. That's almost 
with 95, it'll be 95 years coming up uh, that the Honorable Marcus Garvey gave us this color. But I think that in an integrationist society that promotes integration above all else, anything dealing with black people uniting black people is seen as a threat. And we have to get beyond that because so many issues and so many, uh, whether it be black-on-black violence, drugs, or whatever, uh, just beefs in our community could be solved if we focus on uniting under what uh, the Honorable Marcus Garvey said, one God, one aim, one destiny. So that's the whole idea behind the red, black, and green. Now, I'm, I want to pull up some stuff on Facebook because, you know, we're going to be – well, I'm already – hearing from critics of that and I'm not about to like need Fuller encourage us in his 10 stops to stop squabbling with black people over minor stuff and and whatnot because that's what squabbling is but I don't see it as being minor so but instead of me like I hope people are not attacking these people and taking the time to explain to them you know why we're repping this red black and green on this particular time so why on that particular time on 4th of July you're just trying to cause division minister Paul Scott when we're all Americans and and we should be united under one flag so why why are you trying to cause all this division why on the 4th of July I didn't shoot those nine people in Charleston it's not Paul that's causing division so let's be clear um, I have not hanged anybody. I have not shot anybody. And I don't really, and only on very rare occasions, do I use the C word, the K word, anything like that. So I'm not using, uh, I'm not dividing anybody who's not already divided. Well, actually I am. Let me, let me rephrase that. Because, uh, Yahshua, the black revolutionary messiah taught us the truth. He said he was not here. Think that, not, think not that I have come to bring peace. I came with a sword. So I am trying to divide the truth from the lie. So and indeed, I am doing that. Uh, the, the truth is, uh, or the lie is, we're free. Uh, that's the lie. The truth is, uh, both slavery uh, existed not only under the Confederate flag, but also under the American flag. So I'm tr- I am causing division between the truth and the lie, if you put it that way. I want to read this, um, and I'm not going to say the person's name because I'm not trying to put um, this uh, young lady on the spot, but... I'm sure that there may be, I'm not positive cause you know, pretty much conscious folks listen to this program, but we've been getting a whole lot of new listeners as the radio station keeps growing at least by 25% every month. Uh, but I'm going to share what she wrote because I know it might be some people out there or it might be some people listening and they're talking to their family members, their daughters, their sons, their cousins, their you know, brothers, sisters, and about participating in this unity building exercise. And so this, we might be able to give them a logical argument uh, to present to them and therefore, you know, explain some of these things. So anyway, this is what this person said. They said, this is where I was born. They're talking about the United States of America. This is my country of birth. I choose to fight for my rights here where I was born, where my parents and grandparents were born. Maybe I'm not understanding your post, but my forefathers and sons didn't fight for this country for nothing. I think pushing a flag that is not ours is ludicrous. That is not our country. The U.S. is. We have no say so as to how they run our country. We do here 
we do here. So get out and get involved in this political system and back our politicians that are doing things to better black lives. I guess if this post was for Africans born and raised in Africa, it's good. What do you say to, to, to those points? Okay. Now let's be clear because like you said, Scotty, it is an educational thing. Right. Uh, we have an educational divide, especially since so many of our people have promoted this whole idea of non-racial, uh, can't we all just get along-ism over the last 20 years, really. Um, but uh, let's be clear, the, just history, I would tell whoever wrote that, read Race First by uh, Dr. Tony Martin, the late Dr. Tony Martin, and that will give you a clear explanation or the philosophy opinions of Marcus Garvey, any of the works by uh, Marcus Garvey. Uh, that would give you a clear idea and show the fallacy of that statement. First of all, uh, the flag did not represent Africa as a continent. It represented African people throughout the diaspora. The, the uh, so it was all black people, wherever you were in the world, if you had melanated skin, uh, that flag represents you. Uh, that's the first point. Second point, uh, Malcolm X once said, uh, just because a cat has biscuits in an oven does not make uh, them biscuits. No, just because a cat has kittens in an oven does not make them biscuits. Just because you were born in America does not mean you're American. If we were uh, really, truly 100% Americans, uh, we wouldn't be, still be fighting for our rights like Malcolm X taught us. There's no such thing as a second-class citizen. You're either uh, free or slave. There's no in-between. Uh, one of the things that we as African people have not done under their system of gradualism is we have not demanded 100% of our rights. Nowhere in history have we really fought for 100% equality. Uh, we get lulled to sleep, and the thing they tell us, they've been telling us since slavery, oh, it's not time yet. We're pushing too fast now. Things are a lot, we have a long way to go. Well, we've always had a long way to go. Uh, if you look back at the Civil War, there were black people even before the Civil War, but especially after the Civil War, saying, hey, you know, Lincoln freed us. What you complaining about? So that, you know, that mentality continues, and we fight against it with love. And, um, you know, again, I have made no secret about my, <sighs> my unfortunate service in the United States military, in the United States Army when I was a young man. And I would say to her, you know, most people that I talked to when I was in the military, they wasn't fighting for no United States of America. They was trying to get some money for college. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, let's just be real about it. You know, if, if we want to talk about these things and not engage in, you know, empty talking points, most black people, most poor people, including white people, Hispanic people, wherever they join the military cause they trying to escape poverty or they're trying to, that's why they call it a poverty draft that we have now. Okay. And, 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 and so we, we, you know, that's just not true sister. Um, you know, and then I would submit to you if Amer if this country, this nation and these people really appreciated the service of mil people who have been in the military, veterans and whatnot, then I would say, then why do we have right now 700,000 veterans of the Iraq 
and Afghanistan war sitting up on a prison plantation for nonviolent drug crimes because they were trying to smoke some weed or use some drugs to deal with their post-traumatic stress disorder and being that, you know, healthcare at the VA hospitals. Well, they've been telling us for years how terrible that is. And then look at the million or so, I think a quarter of the United States homeless population are veterans. So, you know, I, I would say to you, sis, you know, they don't really care about our service. They don't. I, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, brother, but I would say the most, even going, if we take her part to heart, uh, the most, the easiest argument to make would be, well, when you're in a military, uh, you fight to preserve the Constitution, correct? No, you don't. Okay. I mean, that's me. what they tell people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They tell you that you you take an oath when you go in to defend the Constitution, which means the rights of the American people against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell us. Yeah, well, that's part of the propaganda uh, that right. she's probably going for. That is to defend the Constitution. But if that was the case, uh, you know, you have the fir- First Amendment, freedom of speech. So under the freedom of speech, you're actually fighting for my right to re- wave the red, black, and green as I see fit. Right, right. Um, I know other people have, and this person came at me saying, well, if you don't love this country, then you need to leave it. If you don't want to be an American, and my response to her, Minister Paul, is first of all, are you a white person? Oh, now that I know you white, why are you coming on my page practicing racism by telling me how I should label myself or I should lead this country because I am the descendant of not only Africans, but Cherokees right here that was native to North Carolina. So if anybody needs to leave this land, you need to leave it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I, I look at it. So if I want to classify myself as black or as African, if I don't want to classify myself as an American because I know around the world, because I've been around the world, plus I pay attention to world affairs. And most Americans are seen as terrorists because of what they're doing to all of these countries around the world. So, you know, I, I shouldn't. I should be able to classify myself however I want to classify myself without anybody taking issue with that. That's true. Well, Minister Paul Scott, um, I just want people to know that I have linked to, because I heard on Sister Ife's page, people were asking her to change their profile pics for her. And so I, you know, then people start asking me. And so I did like three profile pics and I was thinking, man, if more people ask me, I can't sit here all day changing profile pics. So I made a video of an online software that's free. You just log on and you could also, they have a mobile app and I show you step by step I had to upload your picture and then put the red, black, and green filter over it so that you can do it yourself. That way we're not putting the burden all on one or two people, three people, and that you could do it yourself. And then, you know, if you have to, you could help somebody else do it. All right? But, but that's a beautiful thing, brother. And that's the great thing that has come out of this movement, the RBG flag movement, is that people are helping each other all over the Internet. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing you did, actually putting it on, uh, making a video, because I'm not the most Internet-savvy person, uh, contrary to popular belief. I can do the basic stuff. 
Uh, but when it comes to doing something more complex, a video would be very helpful for me. But actually, for my profile pic, um, I just chose the classic red, black, and green. I mm-hmm. don't even have my picture up there. I just chose the, chose the classic red, black, and green. The re- reason being, as one of, on the forefront of this movement, I didn't want anybody to think uh, that it was any ego involved. Understood. All the way back to Garvey, so I didn't put my picture up there. I just got the classic red, black, and green to show people it's not about a leader. It's not about any one movement. It's about us all uniting under Garvey's vision of all African people united under one flag. Right, right. Good point Good point to make because sometimes, like I made a video of myself patrolling the church you know, I've been staying up, Minister Paul, with all these terrorist attacks that's been happening against our churches. Churches burning down, of course, the, the, um, you know, the heinous terrorist attack on the nine people, um, in, in the church in South, in Charleston, but somebody shot in the church in Memphis and, uh, then a racist suspect was standing outside a church in, um, Richmond with a machete talking about calling people niggers and stuff like that. And so I was like, it, it shouldn't be any churches burning down if we as people was doing what we supposed to do. I don't even attend that church, Minister Paul, but many other people in my community do attend that church and it's right next door to my house. The other two churches is a half a mile right down the road, you know, right among my cousins that live down there. So I've been taking it upon myself to just check on these churches at least once an hour, just like when I was pulling guard duty when I was in the military or when I had a security job, I've been pulling guard duty. And I posted that video not to show my work, something because you know, you you know what the uh you know what the word of truth says, don't do things to be seen by men because you know, then you receive your reward. But I did I did it to promote the concept of the fact that we need to be out here guarding our 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 institutions. And let me be clear, but I think it's a beautiful thing uh that people are personalizing their photos. Um, I, and this movement would have never taken off the way it did if it wasn't for that aspect. Mm-hmm. It would have died. I mean, a couple of people probably would have changed their flag to red, black, and green, but that's it. But the fact that people can actually uh, superimpose that over their picture, I think that improved the movement by a thousand percent. So I'm definitely uh, in love with that concept, and I love seeing my brothers and sisters with the red, black, and green across their Facebook. For me, as one of the originators of it, um, I did not want that to be uh, the focal point. Okay. Uh, so I had to sacrifice. You know, eventually I might put my you know, my picture up there, but right now I'm just k- keeping it classic. Right. You know, I'm trying and, and, to get behind a movement and not in front of it. Yeah, and for those that, that, you know, don't have the skills and maybe, you know, you can't follow along the video and you're still not getting it right, just throw up the red, black, and green. That's it. That's all. It's that that simple. Uh, again, so um, most people are doing it now, but we want to make sure that we do it on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. All right. So did you have any final closing thoughts, Minister Paul Scott? And please, before you go, uh, once again, throw out them links, tell people how they can contact you and support your work. Yes, sir. Once again, it's an honor to be on your program, brother. We got to do this more often, man. Um, but uh, the website is nowarningshotsfired.com, and today, actually, um, I did two interviews on WTVD and WRL, so people in North Carolina are real ticked off right now. 
um, as I'm getting a few hate tweets. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. But um, but the, but now that it's made the news, uh, look for the uh, red, black, and green, the RBG flag movement to uh, continue and expand as we move into the Fourth of July weekend. Let's keep it going, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's unite. Let's not beef. Let's not fight. Let's try to organize all our people according to Garvey's vis- uh, vision. And you know, brother, um, always I like to leave you with the missing African nation closing. Although we have been victimized, yet we are not victims. We are strong African people, and in the fullness of time and the Creator's will, we shall rise again. As I leave you, my brothers and sisters, in the words of peace. Salam alaikum. Peace, brother, uh, Minister Paul Scott. Most definitely, we will do it again in the near future. You have a blessed day. You too, sir. All right. All right. That was uh, Truth Minister Paul Scott joining us um, again, repping that RBG. Uh, promoting a RBG unity movement. And again, for the people that are out there, you know, cause some people said something, um, about the woman who had, uh, made that comment on the, uh, image that I posted to promote this. And, you know, many of our people are confused and they are uninformed. So approach it from that aspect as a teacher. And don't go at them hard. Don't call them sellouts. Don't call them, you know, any, don't engage in old uncodified behavior. Use it as a teaching movement. And like I told her, you know, for the people that don't want to participate, that's fine. Still love you. You still part of the black family. And, you know, that's that. So we ain't got to argue with each other or with our more confused brothers and sisters. We can use it as a teaching movement and then move on. No squabbling. Stay codified. All right. I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I want to talk about talk about confusion. More uh, our more confused brothers and sisters out there, you know, and I'm still trying to determine whether they are just confused or whether they are proxy racist. All right. Because a proxy racist is a person who who for reward and sometimes it's under coercion. They're being forced to do things. But when they willingly help racists and help white uh, further the system of white supremacy that's a proxy racist in my opinion that's my own term that i came up with because again i think in terms of the military being that i've spent six years of my life in that you know so i look at it in terms of the military if you wearing the enemy's uniform and you fighting for the enemy on his side of the battlefield then guess what I'm not going to ignore you on the battlefield simply because you look like me. Because you out there trying to kill me. You out there trying to enslave me. You out there trying to harm, bring harm to my community. Now some of these people, they don't mean it like that. And they just don't see how their actions are giving aid and comfort to the enemy. So we have to be very careful when we apply those labels. Are they doing it intentionally or what? Should Do they know better or what? You know, we're not talking about a Harvard educated constitutional lawyer, you know, that still uh, has a, a, a who is the chief executive officer of a government that owns a corporation called Unicor. That is openly practicing slavery is right there hiding in plain sight. As opposed to 
you know, just a brother and sister on the street that may have a high school diploma, may not have a high school diploma, may have a university degree, may not have a university degree, but you can have all kind of PhDs and stuff behind your name and still, you know, be affected by racism and white supremacy. So, it, you know, we just have to be selective. I didn't come up with proxy racist as a derogatory um, name to call people. No, I, I came up with it to explain a behavior that is harmful to black people. So we'll talk about that on the other side, but I'm going to take a break, uh, play some message music. Um, if you have any thoughts, any uh, observations, if you want to ask me a question, if you have some news that you think is important and you want to ask me about it, anything, the phone line is open, 530-881. One four zero zero. The access code is five four nine zero three two pound. Let me do that once again, because you may be on TuneIn or it may you may be listening on your mobile phone and you're not on the website to see the number. So let me repeat the number. It is five three zero eight eight one one four zero zero. The access code is five four nine zero three two pound. Um, welcome to those already dialed in that are listening on their phone. So once you do dial in, if you have a question or a comment, hit star six and one, star six and one. But we're going to take a break, uh, play some promos, play some message music, and then on the other side, we will, uh, discuss these, these confused black people that's out there repping the Confederate flag. Wow. This is Brother Elliot, first of time for an awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. Second class citizenship. 
That's like telling me you can be a little bit pregnant.
solution without revelation. And I realize these cats don't want to fix their situation. Then I realize a little late with it. But that revolution only works for those that participate in it. We have the conferences and summits and cats who fake in it. Meditating, praying, and I salam them in it. But the racist foundation ain't shaking it. Cause the faith, faith, initiative money, they taking it. So now the feds got your mouth all sewn up. The Pentagon hit and say, our house blown up. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a foreigner, kills the founder of the Crips. The president with black leadership. We need to raise up our readership so our children can grow up and freely lead without reading the script. Town, 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 midtown, hit them all. Freedom, I manifest culture, come pick it up. Worldwide DJs, conscious ambassadors. Yeah. KRS, brother J, what you say? A new day, a new way for the DJ to spin it up. Wrapped in the struggle chain, let's break loose and live it up. Worldwide DJs, brother J, mash it up. Am that I am in this illusional land of liberty and justice and my beast of man. Though my blood flows deeper than the oil of Iran, so many folks still in denial of my permanent tan. Was I stained my sand when homie said he's my man? When he needed more science to assemble his land? From Big Ben to Pentagon to the White House lawn. My work tab is deep, let reparations be born. 40 acres and a mule, I want a gun and a horse. Watch me ride like Rosewood while I assemble the force. So many people are lost, going back to the source. Willie Lynch is just a worker where your cool is the boss. Navigate a better course than the one that we choose. Hip-hop is dumbing out from MCs to pop news. It's plan is the original we earn through dues. Always freedom of death until we vanquish these fools. Uptown, downtown, midtown, hit them all. Freedom, I manifest culture, come pick it up. Worldwide DJs, conscious ambassador. KRS, brother J, what you say? A new day, a new way for the DJ to spin it up. Higher sciences, the lyrical archdiocese. I teach and preach what self-reliance is. I don't care about them critics and they biases. I am hip-hop, I don't depend on appliances. Meaning that when I'm speaking my rap, I don't need any technology to produce it. In fact, I can't wait for you and me to build so I can really explain hip-hop on the last of the human skills. Hip-hop, I'm being it, cause I'm freeing it. But them civil rights leaders ain't seeing it. They don't agree with it, they want to be equal with the white. But I don't believe the hype, I want to be equal with the light. And if I need to, I'll fight in this bitch. Cause good police work depends on the likes of a snitch. Now let's switch, now let's switch, now let's switch. Three times I change things like the Matrix done glitched. Go on, chase them chicks and get paid. But chicks are really chickens and you the turkey that's still afraid. Yo, you minute man, you gone tomorrow. Victory over the streets, that's our motto. Whoa. Black Talk Radio News, Scotty Reed in for this broadcast from behind these enemy lines. Before I move on um, to these confused black people that's out there ripping that Confederate flag, that terrorist flag of the KKK, see y'all keep forgetting about that. that a Confederate general right after the Civil War adopted that flag as their symbol, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. 
And that's why the Ku Klux Klan having a rally in South Carolina. So it ain't just about the Confederacy. It's about terrorism as well. But before, before I get to that, before I get to that, I want, let me back up because I just want to try to be helpful. I want to try to be constructive. And so when black people, other black people ask us again, why should I participate in this RBG movement? Why should I raise the RBG flag? on the 4th of July because aren't we all Americans here are a couple of questions that I had actually posed to that person and you can pose to other people who want to question you and why you raising the RBG flag alright here's a question are black people enslaved on prison plantations and shot down in the streets like worthless animals are black people being discriminated against in various ways are the founding fathers your founding fathers or were they fighting for the rights of white men and white land owning men only while enslaving your ancestors have our ancestors stuck together through thick and thin in the face of racist terrorism have you ever read frederick Douglass's what is the fourth of july to the negro so these are some questions that we should ask and hopefully those questions will prompt those people to search the answer some of the answers should be obvious are black people enslaved on prison planting most certainly they are more enslaved than anyone okay well what do you mean enslaved the civil war uh you know uh, confederate no read the 13th amendment which was an agreement between the north and the south to cease hostilities in the north conceded to the south that we're going to let you practice slavery because really the whole nation has been benefiting from the enslavement of, of Africans and you know benefiting from their labor and so we just can't get rid of it so you know but we have to put a face a, 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 a message of freedom to the rest of the world like you know this is the most freest place on the face of the planet and, and a shining light of democracy and, and all this and that but if you you know really look at the 13th amendment there's a book and a documentary based on the book slavery by another name that talks about right after the civil war they start building prisons past the black codes we have black codes today Although the codes are written in a non-racial manner, it's who they tar it's how they use the codes and who they're enforcing the codes against. So yeah, we have black codes called drug laws and things of that nature. Alright? So our people are still being enslaved. Slavery was never abolished. And so our people were not freed under that flag. Our people that fought bravely under that flag to free Africans from slavery, they were betrayed by Lincoln. They were betrayed by those northern congressmen. They were betrayed. And you, like all of us, because I didn't always know this, you've been lied to. You've been told, sold. I call that the greatest lie ever told that the United States abolished slavery. So if the United States, if you come to the conclusion, the logical conclusion that slavery was never abolished and that black people, Hispanic people, indigenous people, poor whites are being enslaved, then that's a reason for you not to be repping the red, white, and blue. All right? 
of course, we know we don't live in a post-racial America. I, I hope you know that, that we're still fighting for the right to vote here in 2015, that we're still fighting for equal pay. I hope you know that. And so we're still fighting those things under that flag. Then how can you raise that flag? No history, no history. I know it was a black man by the name of, of Crispus Tux that started the revolution when he got some other colonists to join with him and go confront them British soldiers who had, you know, practicing police brutality against a teenager. And he was like, man, we not going to take this no more. A black man, first casualty of the, we know that. We, I mean, I'm sorry, I know that. You should know that if you study history. But then it, the, the revolution, and I also learned that hundreds of free black people from North Carolina fought in the revolutionary war under, I don't even know if they had that flag at the time. They had a different flag to represent the 13 colonies or whatever. So yes, we have fought under that flag, but we have always been betrayed. They didn't stop practicing slavery, even though all these black people helped you come out from under the boot of the British. They kept practicing slavery. Not only were they practicing slavery, they were practicing misogyny. Women didn't have the right to vote. Women for a long time have been nothing but indentured servitude. Uh, indentured servants, really. So those founding fathers getting freedom to not pay taxes to the British crown because they, you know, greedy. That's why they were stealing land and practicing slavery. But they also didn't want to pay for the British troops that was protecting them against the indigenous people and against the French and other um, nations, white supremacists that was trying to establish competing colonies. And so once it was all said and done, they took white men, white land owning men, white enslavers, won the war for their independence, not your independence, for their independence and that is celebrated every 4th of July. See, we don't be, we just be celebrating things and don't know the meaning behind it. Just like people celebrate Christmas, don't even know that that has its roots in, in paganism. How these pagans was doing all this foul stuff over there in Europe and, and I forget which emperor it was, but, um, or pope and how, you know, to, to, to convince these people to become Christians they allowed them to keep practicing their foul deeds and mysticism and all that kind of stuff but calling it Christmas see that's why you bring a tree into your house that has that has a, a paganistic symbolism involved in that tree the yuletide logs and that mistletoe so you engaging in paganism you're not engaging in Christianity they just told you Jesus wasn't Yeshua as we should properly call him as black people for those that practice Christianity Yeshua wasn't born on December the 25th 
and then you know let's be for real it's not even about celebrating the birth of christ it's really about buying xboxes and big screen tvs and and just materialism we engage in so much stuff that we don't even know what we engaging in because we are ignorant because we don't read let me see i'm not gonna read the whole thing for you people and i haven't heard from brother dave so um there will not be uh let me see uh six o'clock show tando radio show but let me let me pull up this clip of james earl jones reading frederick douglas uh he's reading excerpts from frederick douglas's speech the meaning of july 4th for the negro so i need to correct what i wrote because that's what i've always thought it, it was what is the 4th of july i think that's just a, a line from the speech but the correct um name of the speech is let me pull it up for you frederick Douglass. it is um the meaning of july 4th for the negro see frederick he knew our brother our great abolitionist brother he knew our ancestor he knew he knew the emancipation proclamation was a fraud and he know black people celebrating july the 4th is a fraud so this is james earl jones reading excerpts you can look it up the entire speech and i encourage you to before you start talking about we all americans and all this and that read read hear from one of our ancestors but anyway this is james earl jones reading excerpts from frederick Douglass's speech the meaning of july 4th for the negro Douglass. frederick Douglass, once a slave became a brilliant and powerful leader of the anti-slavery movement in 1852 he was asked to speak in celebration of the fourth of july fellow citizens Pardon me, and allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I, or those I represent, to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I, therefore, called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us. I am not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common the rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. To drag a man in fetters into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him 
to join you in joyous anthems were in human mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean, citizens, to mock me by asking me to speak today? What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days of the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is a constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty, an unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings, with all your religious parade and solemnity, are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes that would, it, that would disgrace a nation of savages. There's not a nation of the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of these United States at this very hour. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour forth a stream, a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed and the crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. All right, so that was James Earl Jones reading an excerpt from the speech given by Frederick Douglass when them racist suspects had the nerve to call him to go give a speech about a celebr I mean for a celebration for the freedom of rich white enslavers and mass murderers cause they got out from under the boot of the British King King George. He called it a mockery. You mocking me. And any black person that is out there repping that flag under the conditions that we live under, you are mocking yourself. You really are. Because again, you have to ask yourself, if we was truly looked upon as full citizens, as Americans, there would be no need for a Black Lives Matter movement. If we were all seen as equals and treated as equal, then, you know, 
there would be no need for Bree Newsom to scale a flagpole and pull down a terrorist symbol. So let's stop lying to ourselves. We don't, well, let me put it this way. Let's stop repeating the lies of white supremacists. Let's stop believing those lies and promoting those lies. This is why I love to promote the Black Home School Education Expo that's coming up on July 17th through the 19th. Because if you was getting an African-centered education, if your black minds were liberated, you, you know, we wouldn't have to have these conversations, but because so many of us have been victimized under the system of racism and white supremacy, then, you know, it is upon us who are somewhat less confused to do our duty in educating our people, informing our people about these things. And again, like I was saying about, you know, the criticism that black Christians was getting because that one woman stood up and said, I forgive, you know, this racist terrorist, even though he ain't forgave terrorism. All right. Let's not mock them. Let's not be mean spirited towards them. Let's follow the advice the words of wisdom of Malcolm X. They didn't know what you know. They ain't studied what you study. I'm paraphrasing, of course. So don't condemn them. Have pity on them. Now we're talking about the uneducated masses, the misinformed masses, the masses that's been indoctrinated into white supremacy theology. Okay. That's who we're talking about. We're not talking about people who do know better but choose to aid and give cover to racists and who choose to further the system. No, we're not talking about proxy racists here. We're, we're just talking about confused people. So I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave y'all with that. Ask those questions. If you, if you think that we are free, then go ahead and push that flag. If you think all these black people getting gunned down in the street by police deserve it then go ahead and rep that flag if you think all those people getting killed in Africa primarily Libya by allies of the United States government and the United States government with their drone attacks and if you think all those people deserve to die then go ahead and rep that flag But if you don't believe those things are okay, if you are a modern day abolitionist, then I would say to you, you don't have any business repping that flag because the work that Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth and Denmark Vesey and Gullah Jack and Nat Turner and Gabriel Prosser and just so many of them, many of them, we don't even know their names. If you are abolitionists, if you carrying forth the work that has yet to be finished, that they started, you ain't got no business repping that flag. Think about it. Think about it. I'm gonna leave y'all alone on that. All right. So again, this uh terrorist flag debate, Confederate flag debate. 
it's more than just pulling down flags and pulling down monuments which I wholeheartedly support because we shouldn't be forced to pay for those things we shouldn't be forced to pay for those symbols of our oppression but it's more than just about that it's about having using that to then pull down racism and white supremacy in order to pull down racism and white supremacy we gotta be on the same page we gotta recruit people and what better way to recruit people or to talk about racism and white supremacy than when we having conversations about these terrorist symbols but I want to put the spotlight today on proxy racism and confuse black people because they're not all proxy racist not on purpose so we want to put the spotlight on that in reference to the Washington Post and other white people's press pushing this stuff about black people defending the confederate flag here's this one black woman saying that slavery was a choice you know like abortion is a choice and and, Jesus man please let me play this clip see what Karen Cooper has to say as she defends the confederate flag in a documentary called Battle Flag a little bit about Karen Cooper I don't like to be told what to do (laughs) I'm a proud Virginia flagger and we are at Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond Virginia I grew up in New York. I was a member of the Nation of Islam in New York. You know, the Nation of Islam thinks, you know, races should be separate, you know, black and white and stuff like that. And then I came down here. Okay, y'all, I'm going to have to stop this and counter some of this propaganda that she pushing. All right. So y'all bear with me because, you know, if I don't stop it, it might get by me. The, The Nation of Islam did start out as blacks and whites should be separate but that was because of racism and white supremacy it was already separate when they were already practicing Jim Crow racism and separatism when the nation of Islam was founded so to you know not give that history is, is to engage in deception I don't know if she even knows that she should know it I don't know how long she was in the nation of Islam but today the nation of Islam has partnerships apparently with white people that's you know I'm seeing pictures of them up in the temple and getting training and Scientology and and all that kind of stuff that's why I told that's why I said last week that the uh, Southern Law Poverty Center whatever it's called what is it SP Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center SPLC Got them listed as a hate group. They need to come off of that list. They ain't no hate group. Not that they was ever haters to begin with. But they are, you trying to say cause they believe in black separatism that black people should be building and doing for self. You t- calling, you putting them on a, uh, your so-called hate group list cause of that. That's wrong. So anyway, wow, that's sad. That's sad that she grew up or she was a member of the nation of Islam was up there in the city in New York in the north and then come to Richmond Virginia in the south and 
I bet she probably had made some white friends, some racist suspects, and they got her involved in this stuff. And we were more together, and I just realized, I was like, well, that can't be right because there's a lot of nice white folks. I mean, people wave to me that I, I've never known. The North, they claim that they like black people and they care about black people, but it is so segregated. It's not funny. I felt more welcomed in the South. I believe in a very limited, very small government. I joined the Tea Party because I actually wanted to tell people that the federal government shouldn't be doing all of this stuff that they're doing. You know, um, you are not to control every aspect of our life. And so um, on Facebook, I started meeting, you know, my friends who was in the Tea Party. They were mostly, you know, they had Confederate ancestors. Then I met this lady, Susan Hathaway, and she started flagging. And I said, well, I should go out there and flag with her because one, I support, you know, Confederate history. And two, it's a great way to show my freedom of speech. It's my right to be able to be out there in public with the battle flag, you know? So that's why I did it. I know what people think about when they see the battle flag, you know? All they think is KKK and we hate black people, um, you know, or we want to bring slavery back. So I knew it was going to be something for people to see a black woman with the battle flag. Actually, most people don't even stop to talk to me because I think they in such shock to see me out there with the battle flag. I don't even think they don't have the nerve to even ask why I'm out there. You know, I'm not advocating slavery or think that, you know, it was right. Um, it wasn't and none of my friends. Um, think it was. It was just something that happened. It just didn't happen in the South. It happened worldwide. I've said this before and people don't think it's horrible, but I believe slavery is a choice. And I say that because of what Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. To me, you know, if we ever went back to that kind of slavery, no, I couldn't do it. Give me death. I feel I'm a slave now because the federal government does control me. I can't smoke what I want to smoke. I can't drink what I want to drink. If I want to put something into my body, it's my body, not theirs. So what gives them the right to tell me what I should do? That's tyranny. But yet and still, it's only the Southerners and it's only the battle flag that has all the weight and the guilt on it. And it's not right. It's not right. I actually think that it represents freedom. It represents the people who stood up to tyranny. And by me being out there, I hope that you would see this is not racist. I mean, how can it be racist if I'm out there with them? I'm talking with them, I'm hugging them, you know, I'm conversing them. These are my best friends that I'm out here with. What I hope to change or to accomplish is just to, um, I don't know, wake a few people's minds up and stop believing that that's, that flag is about race. I want them to stop thinking that, you know, but, you know, that's up to them. In the end, I just, I'm just doing it for me. It makes me feel good. That's why I put myself out there.
Wow, 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 wow. And, and what's sad is, is that she said some things that I say about the drug you, war. Let me stop this. Let me stop this. This is, uh, wow. What I may have just said that the other day or yesterday. What right does the government have to tell you what you can and cannot put in your body? If a woman has a right to snatch a fetus out of her body, then how come I don't have a right to ingest whether I'm eating it in brownies or I'm smoking it in a bowl? What right does the government have to tell me that I can't put cannabis in my body? So she's making logical arguments, but on, on that issue, but for her to believe that's what the Confederacy represented was freedom. For, see, again, this woman has not done the research. She probably has not read the Confederate documents that clearly state slavery was their aim. She made some white friends and those white friends practiced deception with her. Racist suspects practiced deception with her. Oh, because I'm standing out here with this flag and I'm hugging on white people and, and talking with white people and having a good time around this terrorist flag. That, that means they not racist. I'm trying to stay codified here, but I don't think this woman is thinking logically. I don't, I, I don't think that she knows that they will use you. They will use you like Neely Fuller talks about racial showcasing, you know, make you think they'll showcase some black people. Then you can then say, well, it's not about race. It's about this. She's a prop. They're using her as a prop because obviously her logic is flawed. I want to go back to this interview. Um, Excuse me, this email that was um, sent to me by one of the listeners that's listening right now. This passage is speaking about the hatred for black Americans after the Civil War in the South. This hatred had many sources. The ex-slave black American had become a scapegoat for the South's humili humiliating defeat. Well, actually, we weren't no scapegoat. As I read yesterday about the black troops, uh, we was putting foot up their ass. So, you know, we was running them through with bayonets. We was kicking some ass down here. But I get they wanted to, you know, play into people's racism that they already had anyway so they used us as a scapegoat for why they lost that's according to John F. H. Claiborne Mississippi's most prominent historian blame the black man for causing the war and for helping the north to prevail well of course we did damn it Others saw the freedman as a living symbol, a daily reminder of all that had changed. For the planter, emancipation meant the loss of human property in the disruption of his labor supply. For the poor white farmer, it meant even more. Emancipation had not only crushed his passionate dreams of slaveholding. Remember I was talking about that yesterday that was in from, you know, the research done on Gaston County, how most of these white people, thousands of them, 9,000 and so, didn't own any enslaved Africans, only 300. 
but they expi- uh, aspire to own enslaved Africans so that, you know, they can go out there and rape the women and children anytime they felt like it, beat a, beat a black man anytime they want. I remember my great aunt was telling me a story about what they did to one of those enslaved Africans. I don't know who told her. I don't think Aunt Bill was born during that time. So it might have been her parents or somebody who told her. But they said that one time they cut cut this uh, enslaved African's head off and then put it on a carriage, on a post on a carriage, and then riding up and down the road with it. I guess to strike fear into not only the other enslaved Africans, but the free black people like my family. Telling you, man, we, we, these are some very evil people. For the poor white farmer, it meant even more emancipation not only had not only crushed his passionate dreams of slave holding, it had also erased one of the two great distinctions between himself and the Negro. The farmer was white and free. The Negro was black, but also free. How best to preserve the remaining distinction? White supremacy will become an obsession in the post-Civil War South. And as this emailer says, do these confused black people know that they are accused by these people of causing the civil war in the South for losing? But again, I submit to you, the South did not lose the war. If anything, it was a draw. So we gonna, you know, I'm going to see if I can track down Miss Cooper and bring her on the program and talk to her and ask her questions and, and, you know, just ask her logical questions, not bringing her on here to mock her, to talk bad about her, to curse her out or call her Sambo or something like that. No, we we want to ask questions. We want to ask questions, hopefully those questions, because, see, we're not that far apart. See, she is an abolitionist, but she don't know it because she is she's believing that slavery was abolished in 1865. But she know it's wrong. It's something wrong with the federal government telling people what they can and cannot put in their body, what they can drink, what they can smoke, and those things. So, you know, that's the language of uh, abolitionists. And to say for her to be- falsely believe that the Tea Party represents, I mean, come on, man. All you got to do is look at the Tea Party. When you go to Breitbart website, when you go to even increasingly Alex Jones website, Prison Planet, because he got some white supremacists writing for him, and he's a racist suspect himself. But you go to their websites, the Daily Beast, Breitbart, and just read the comments from them racist suspects. Just read the comments. Those are Tea Party people. Go to townhall.com. Read the comments of these people. So I think that she might be willingly choosing to ignore the pictures of President Obama as a witch doctor. An African witch doctor. And so she's choosing to, she has to be choosing to ignore that stuff. Because she wants to belong so bad. She's trying to fit in to somewhere. And she went to the South and probably some racist suspect male wanted to sex her up. And 
You know, cause they ain't gotta, they, they, you know, they look at you and think that you are less than human, but you know, we see today people practice bestiality, so, but they ain't never had a problem with having sex with you. So I, you know, I'm, I want to ask these questions. Are you in a tragic arrangement or something? What's going on? How did you get this? How did you let your mind get programmed to believe this? See, she was being deprogrammed about racism and white supremacy in the nation of Islam. She come down south from New York, come down south where we live. And cause the white people was nice to her and whatnot. Some probably racist white male suspect sexed her up and next thing you know, she out there waving the Confederate flag. I don't know, but I would certainly like to find out. But beyond my curiosity of how her mind got programmed like that, I would like to ask her questions that hopefully will lead her to ask her own questions or Go do some research and cause that is, I feel pity for this woman. And she remind me of my stepmother. She looked just like my stepmother that lives in Charlotte. Wow. I bet you if Wendy saw this woman, she would be, <laughs> man, this is crazy. This is crazy. You see how what white supremacy has done to our minds some of our people's minds so again that confederate flag is also a terrorist flag adopted by the Ku Klux Klan and we should be pulling them down and not hoisting them up but at the same time we should not be flying that red white and blue on our property now I know you know we know how much we suffered under that flag the red white and blue but at the moment, we are not going to pull down that corporate flag. You don't have any political capital to do that. Maybe when we dissolve the corporation, then we can pull the corporate flag down. But one battle at a time, people. Come on now. One battle at a time. But I just hope this weekend, though, that our less confused black people will unite and rep the RBG if not just for one day on July 4th just to show unity just to show unity just to show that we understand that we have a common enemy and we need to unite and we need to pick up the flag of our ancestors we need to press on and continue to fight against slavery human trafficking and whatnot. so anyway I'm going to take another break and then when I come back I want to talk about some more confused black people who are probably being misled. They're probably so confused because they're being misled by proxy racists like Al Sharpton. So I want to come back. I want to talk about this very troubling poll that has surfaced that shows that Bernie Sanders received 3% of the support of black voters versus Hillary Clinton who got 91% of the vote when this woman has a track record of being a white supremacist and anti-black 
slavery is real it is real but there is a such thing as mental slavery and a lot of us is is mentally enslaved man because we don't read we don't seek out alternative news sources and we allow ourselves to be programmed by white people's tv which is white people's power that's an extension of white supremacy so man I feel sorry for this woman Miss Cooper, Miss Cooper, Miss Cooper we we need to get you some help sister you need to go through some deprogramming for real sister we need to recommend some books for her to read so anyway you're listening to Black Talk Radio News again uh, you know you got any questions, comments, suggestions, you can give us a call at 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. Once again, that's 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. You hit star six and one, and we will get you on air. I got to listen to some Nat Turner after listening to that, man. I got to hear about Nat Turner. I, I, man. And them white people is playing it up too. They pushing that propaganda so they confuse, can't confuse more black people. This is Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed in broadcasting from behind these enemy lines every Monday through Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. In 
I'm the one that they don't teach you in class about. I'm the one who ran up in the master's house. Put a knife to his neck and ain't gagged his mouth. Talks up for black murder. I'm that turn. After two days of non-stop action, we rested in the back roads of Virginia, guided by the night crescent. It was here that I began to write my confessions. For I knew it was only a matter of time till they catch us. A house nigga got scared, ran to the county building, told him my whereabouts, and they beat him till they killed him. In the still of night, I saw the flames from the distance. Attacked us while we slept, but this time the difference. We fought back, but the slaves told me the revolution will only stop if they caught that. So again on horseback, I rode, they gave the chase, caught up with me eventually, had to face fate. They hung me, skinned me, kept my head as a souvenir. Beat slaves to death because they were consumed with fear that the uprising of blacks would happen and attack further because of the name Nat Turner. I'm the one that they don't teach you in class about. I'm the one who ran up in the master's house, put a knife to his neck and then gagged his mouth, charged him for black murder. I'm Nat Turner. I'm the one that they don't teach you in class about. I'm the one who ran up in the master's house, put a knife to his neck and then gagged his mouth, charged him for black murder. I'm Nat Turner. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For live programming schedules, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. We're sick and tired of this bullshit. This country where one minority group dominates and dictates what the majority is supposed to be doing. I don't think that's the way it works. And that minority group, they don't do anything productive for this country. Well, look, I'm not going to say that they're, they're controlling Except for us. the NBA. And if it wasn't for the NBA, Joe, like I always say, our country would have the world's tallest garbage man. Okay? Thank God for the NBA.
time in the United States of America, we are in the era of uh, so-called post-racial, prominent with all people, but black people are being murdered all over America, and we get the same treatment time and time again. Our children are dying. And so white America, we have given you 400 years to get it right, and you still have failed black people. We're not even citizens in this country. We're still third-class citizens. And so today, as black men, we must stand up in America. We must declare to white America, time is up for you. Time is up for you. Texas, you are invited to the Sundiata Coley Shaka Sankofa Community Garden on the first Saturday of the month up until September to learn gardening skills from the head gardener and build together with the community. They are looking for people to come out ready to work and get their hands dirty. You do not have to have any experience in gardening. All food grown from the garden is available to the community. The garden was named after Sundiata Akoli, who is a political prisoner that has been enslaved for more than 40 years, and comrade in struggle, Shaka Sankofa, who was killed June 22nd in 2000. Sundiata, when asked what we can do in support of the political prisoner, said, build a garden. We must be able to do for self in the name of self-determination. The garden is located at 2428 sophomore in Houston, Texas. Again, come out on the first of every month starting around 7 o'clock a.m. If you have an event that is free and open to the public and want to announce it on Black Talk Radio, send an email to admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. I just found Karen Cooper on Facebook, but she got too many uh, white friends, and she has reached her limit and can't accept any more friends. Um, but I'm going to try to reach out to this this um, woman, this black woman, and get her on the program, see if we can get her on the program. So anyway, wow, I'm still trying to get over that level of confusion. It's just sad to see. It's very sad to see. It's nothing funny. It doesn't invoke any feelings of hatred towards her. It just makes me feel very, very sad for her. Because, see, you know, she going to be around. She trusting some people, man, that will kill her. They will kill her. See, unless she going to run around with a Confederate flag T-shirt on all the time, when they see her, they going to see a black person, a nigger. And they liable to burn, you know, her house down or something like that. So anyway, oh, Lordy, help our people because they need help. Bernie Sanders gave an interview on um, racist suspect media over the weekend. Let me close some of these windows for my uh, computer locks up. Close some of these windows. But he was on George Stephanopoulos, whatever uh, program it is he hosts. I don't recall. It's on ABC. I know that. Um, I, I remember, um, Dennis Rodman did an interview after he came back from Korea and George Stephanopoulos was engaging in deception and talking about, well, you know, North Korea has labor camps and Dennis Rodman, whatever you think about his level of confusion, he certainly wasn't ignorant about the fact that you got labor camps right here in the United States and he told them and I love that I, I made a meme out of that one <laughs> wow but anyway he had uh, Bernie Sanders on now again I don't know and again it doesn't matter 
if they're black or not, that's running for president, because certainly President Obama, the CEO of America, has showed us that black faces in high places do not necessarily equate into black people being treated as citizens in this country. He is not restaffing the white terrorism tracking unit. He hasn't done that yet. He signed the TPP as if, if black people had a hard enough time finding a job. He signed that into law. So, you know, I don't think Cory Booker has entered the race or, or anybody like that. So, I'm, again, will be voting for whoever the third party candidate is just to throw a wrench into the machine. But anyway, Bernie Sanders is um, described as a very, well, he describes himself as a socialist. I ain't got a problem with socialism. I ain't got a problem with people who need the most help being helped. I ain't got a problem with that. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Bernie Sanders, but we finna hear from him and what he had to say about why he thinks he's getting so little support from black voters and again most black people don't vote so if you a racist suspect out there that likes to tell black people they on the plantation of the democratic party most black people don't even vote so you know don't even go there but anyway this is uh bernie sanders saying black voters may not understand his awesome civil rights record so let's listen to that come from a state I believe that is about 95% white as well. And we have a great racial divide in this country as well. And it, it, a poll out this week showed how, how this might be affecting you and your potential race right now. It asked, uh, it was for support among non-whites. And this was a Wall Street Journal NBC News poll. It said Clinton has 91%, Bernie Sanders just three. How do you close that gap? Well, I'll tell you how you do that, George. You know, as somebody who's been involved in the civil rights movement, uh, for my entire adult life, I was arrested uh, when I was a student uh, protesting uh, segregation of schools in Chicago, uh, fought against segregated housing in Chicago, uh, marched with Martin Luther King Jr. in the Great March on, on Washington. I have a long history in fighting for civil rights. I understand that many people in the African-American community may not understand that. But I think the issues that we are dealing with, <clears throat> combating 51% African-American youth unemployment, talking about the need that public colleges and universities should be tuition-free, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, creating millions of jobs by rebuilding our infrastructure. These are issues that should apply to every American. But to be honest with you, Given the disparity that we're seeing in income and wealth in this country, it applies even more to the African-American community and to the Hispanic community. And what we are going to do is make an outreach effort to those communities, let people know my background, let people know my record. And I All right, that's the end of that clip from uh, ABC News. That's Bernie Sanders. I didn't know that um, he was uh, participating in those um, type of things and whatnot but again i would submit to you integration has really hurt hurt our community as it destroyed our infrastructure you talking about building rebuilding america's infrastructure black people need we need to rebuild our own infrastructure because we don't want to be dependent on anybody else when we could do things for ourselves. but the united states government since it has 
profited off of and still profiting off of the enslavement of many African descendant people. They owe us. They owe us big time. So yes, we will accept money from them because they owe us money. All right. So anyway, getting those things out of the way. I still don't see how these black people can not pay attention to the fact that Hillary Clinton was out there in the 90s pushing her book. What was it called? Uh, it Takes a Village, which I think, you know, comes from an African proverb. So she's been ripping off black people all her freaking life. So anyway, but in that book, she wasn't pushing no African principles. She was talking about zero tolerance. Kick these bad black children out of school. They just wild. They're like little animals. And so we ain't got time for that. Just kick them out. Zero tolerance. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but as we see, that is one of the things we are dealing with today is the school to prison pipeline. Hillary Clinton helped create that. We know what her husband did, and she was first lady of the United States of America, this corporation, wife of the CEO. We know that she supported all his policies as president that has harmed black people. Working with the Republicans. See, that's why I don't play the Republican Democratic game. Because they are, like has been said, wings on the same bird or two sides of the same coin and they have really worked together to uh, oppress black people including President Obama cutting all that money from the SNAP program to help poor people get food you know but let's stay focused on the Clinton Scotty stay focused on them white supremacists and not one of the proxy racists, because we ain't talking about him right now. But, uh, yeah. We know that the Republicans and President Clinton passed the three strikes law. You know, three strikes and you're in permanent, you're a permanent slave. We know that he passed them laws to make it so that people who get out of slavery, who are fortunate enough to make it out of slavery, can apply for any kind of government benefits like SNAP program, food stamps, Section 8 housing. And if we catch you living with your grandma in Section 8 housing until you get on your feet, we not only going to kick you out, we kicking grandma out too. Yeah, Clintons did that along with the Republican Congress. They did that. What else did they do? Stood by no, I ain't gonna talk about, I ain't gonna talk about that. They done a lot of damage to black people. Hillary Clinton teamed up with President Obama to tell lies on the Prime Minister of Libya, Gaddafi. Tell lies on him so they could go bomb that country. Take over its armory and supply it to the ISIS fighters, the ISIL terrorists proxies of American government there was an article came out about that I shared it but anyway then stood by while those proxies those Arab proxies started hunting down black people in Libya 
and slaughtering them. There's videos and pictures of it. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. And Susan Rice at the UN didn't say nothing about this mass slaughter of black people, of black Libyans. They didn't say nothing. Hillary Clinton didn't say nothing. She just laughed and giggled like a little schoolgirl when she heard about Gaddafi being murdered. President Obama didn't say nothing. We need to put boots on the ground to protect these black people because it's our fault. We destroyed this country and let these rabid dogs loose. Now look at what they're doing. Committing genocide. So, you had to be excusing a whole lot on Hillary Clinton's plate for you to be throwing your support behind her. I don't understand that. Other than you are just so misinformed about what she has done or you're a black woman and you just want to support her because she a woman. Asada Shakur told y'all about trusting them white feminists and stuff. Think I shared that essay she written, she wrote on that. She told you that the black woman ain't free till the black man is free, till the black child is free. So how are you going to be voting for a white woman because she a woman when she has played a major role in locking up? That's why you can't find a black male like some of you say. That's why you can't find a black husband because they all locked up or they been in prison or whatever. And you, you know. Like that one black woman said, I'm not dating somebody with a record. And I bet you, I bet you, let me look at this. I bet you if you broke it down by gender, that it's more black women supporting this woman than black men. I'm willing to bet you that. I'm willing to bet you. Now I say I had linked to this article, but it has a PDF file that it links to. You have to download it. And this is heart, this is the heart research associates public opinion strategies for June 2015 study number 15247, uh, page one, the NBC news wall street journal survey that was done on between June 14th and 18th interviews 1000 adults including 350 respondents with a cell phone only and 38 respondents reached on a cell phone but who also have a landline. Please note all results are shown as percentages unless otherwise stated. The margin of error for interviews among adults is plus 3.10%. The margin of error for 236 interviews among Republican primary voters. So they was asking people who might be registered as Republicans or Democrats that vote in the primaries. Let me see, 6.38%. For Republican primary voters, Democratic primary voters is 6.24% unless otherwise noted. Uh, let's see, for statistical purposes only, would you please tell me how old you are? I'm not going to go through all of this, but they ask people between the ages of 18 to 75. The most people who responded were in the age of 30 and 34. To ensure that we have a representative sample, would you please tell me whether you are from a Hispanic or Spanish-speaking background? Yes, 
11%. No, not Hispanic, 88%. Not sure or refuse to answer, 1%. And again, for statistical purposes only, what is your race? White, black, Asian, or something else. So white people, 74 Blacks, 12%. Asian, 3%. Other, 4%. Hispanic, 5 Not sure, refuse, 2%. So this isn't just a poll on black people. But they broke it down. Are you currently registered to vote? 83% said yes, not registered, 16%. So let me get down to... um This, this, uh, I can't read this. Well, I mean, I could read it and understand it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to make for very good radio. So I, um, uh, encourage you to go check it out for yourself. But here is the summation in terms of black voters. Uh, the article is on the dailybanter.com. And this is what it said, um, in terms of again, and I already told you this. That he only got 3% support among these people as opposed to the 91% of Hillary Clinton. Wow. Again, have y'all not been paying attention to what the Clintons did to Haiti? How they probably engaged in raping Haiti right now through the global, the Clinton Global Initiative. Did you not know that they allowed the, was it the geo group? Yeah, the geo group. They negotiated for all of these white supremacist companies to come into Haiti. Didn't give hardly any contracts from what I heard from Haitians themselves. No Haitian company was given these contracts. All white people. See, call they like to keep their dollars circulating among themselves. So they, it, but again, this is Haiti. I don't care if y'all donated the money and gave the money and all this and that. If you really want to empower Haitians, then you should be hiring Haitian companies, including the ones that might be here in the diaspora, the Haitian diaspora in this country. But then they let the GO group come in to build private prisons, to manage the private prison, to give, create jobs for Haitians, enslaving other Haitians. Damn, they that's... Just to think about the the Haitian Revolution was such an inspiration to Africans all over the diaspora, and now look what's happening to it. These white supremacists is in there raping it. Hillary Clinton, her and her brother, her brother was on the board of a gold mining corporation that got a contract to mine the gold that they found the gold deposits that were uncovered because of the earthquake. think they also uncovered a lot of oil, you know, under Haiti. But if it's going to be anything like we see in Liberia, the people themselves will only get a very small percentage, like Liberia, I think it was less than 5% of the revenue they was going to get from their oil, and the rest was going to go to them white supremacist corporations. See, that's, man. I Man, we have to pay attention to what these misleaders, these proxy racists are doing to our country. They're literally selling us out and giving the wealth away. 
So I ain't, you know, I ain't got a whole lot more to say about this woman, man. This woman is, uh, it just disgusts me, man, that so many of our people are not aware. They're either not aware of what Hillary Clinton has been involved in. You know, she, she right now won't even answer questions about the Confederate flag ceremony her and Bill had when they were the first couple of Arkansas. She won't even ask questions about the Clinton Gore 92 campaign and in these red areas, these so-called red states where they were pushing a, a Confederate flag, terrorist flag campaign buttons. See, she won't even answer those questions. Then I think also another reason that she may have such high support among black people who do vote again most black people don't vote but because of people like Al Sharpton he don't use his show to criticize or analyze Hillary Clinton like he do Republicans because he is on the Democratic plantation he is that Sambo he is that proxy too I shouldn't have called him Sambo I apologize but he's that proxy racist too He just trying to move up the ladder of white supremacy, get them good butter biscuits from Massa Table instead of overturning the table so we can just take the whole banquet. So I think that is why so many black people that vote are supporting it because they following behind Al Sharpton who I was talking to my mother who refuses to call him a reverend because she says that he don't know nothing about the word of God. He's not a minister. He just went and paid some money and got that title. Because the things, some of the things that come out of his mouth, he don't understand spiritual principle. And you know what she told me? Now, I haven't had an opportunity to do the research. But she said, but I do know the spiritual principle of speaking words. That words give life to things. And she said, if you look at, she said, what, think about this, Scotty. This is my mom talking to me. Think about this, Scotty. Every time Al Sharpton has gotten involved in one of these cases where a black person has been murdered, she named Trayvon Martin. She named Eric Gardner. Who else did she name? Tamir Rice. No, she ain't named Tamir Rice. He wasn't involved in that. She, I forgot who else, but she said, if you just think every time he's gotten involved and them people was out there talking about no justice, no peace, they didn't get no justice and they ain't living in peace. Because if he was a true minister of the word and he understood biblical principles, which actually come from other books and African based religions, But if he understood the, the spiritual principles, he wouldn't be out there saying no justice, no peace. He will be out there saying we will have justice and we will know peace. Because you're getting exactly what you are speaking. You're speaking no justice, you ain't getting no justice. You're speaking no peace, you ain't getting no peace. That's a spiritual principle. 
Now y'all can do the research. She might be wrong. But Trayvon Martin, the Department of Justice, they didn't even prosecute George Zimmerman. And we know they let him go. So, it might be something to that, but I'm just saying, we gotta quit letting the misleadership class lead us around by the nose and telling us who to vote for. You shouldn't be listening to me or anybody else that, which I'm not gonna endorse a candidate. I'm not gonna tell you to vote for this person or that person. I might tell you what their platform consists of and what they have done on the area of you know justice slavery things of that nature how to impact slavery but I'm not going to tell you who to vote for that's just something you got to do you got to do your research you got to look into these people backgrounds by God if you listening to this program obviously you got access to the internet the internet is a great tool for doing research on these people So you shouldn't be, you know, endorsements should mean nothing to you. You can, you know, take my word that on a person's platform or what I think that this platform, why it doesn't end racism, white supremacy, it does pull down some of the elements. I, I might tell you that. But it's up to you to check to make sure I ain't lying to you. Y'all know I ain't going to lie to you, but you got to make sure, though. You got to double check, make sure I ain't wrong about something. Then you can come call in and say, Scotty, I think you made a mistake. And then Scotty can look it up and he can say, you're right. I made a mistake. Let me put this out there. So all these people, man, is part of the system. They part, the proxy racist tool is part of the system. These are showcase black people who are being used by the system of racism, white supremacy, in this case, the Democratic Party, to tell black folks to that vote, to vote for, to support Hillary Clinton. Just totally ignoring her anti-blackness and practice of racism and white supremacy. I had a white person ask me the other day, I was commenting on uh this brother's post about Hillary Clinton. And I said that any black person that votes for her, they're a race traitor. I was being dramatic. So here come this white person. Why would they be a race traitor? So I just laid out everything that I just laid out to you. I just put them in bullet points. What they what she her role in what happened to Libya. The no child left behind, not the no child left behind, the school to prison pipeline. Zero tolerance. What they did to Haiti. You know, Hillary Clinton and them personally attacked the Black Talk Radio Network. See, y'all just don't know the kind of reach that we do have by engaging in propaganda media. But I have made a video of President Obama speaking at the, Glo the Clinton Global Initiative talking about some human trafficking. And so I just made a clip of his speech from this Clinton Global Initiative video of his speech. Just clip maybe a minute or two. And then I came on with my own commentary talking about how slavery was never abolishing. Practicing human trafficking is going on right here in the United States. So, Mr. President, what are you going to do about that to stop that human trafficking? Do you know they came after me that they filed a, a complaint on me, the Clinton Global initiative filed a complaint on me 
and then I got uh, uh, restrictions placed on my account by YouTube that just came off that I could only upload videos less than 15 minutes. Clintons did that to me. So I even have a personal reason not to like this woman. But it ain't about me. It ain't just about the Black Talk Media Project or any of our media properties. It's about black people having someone that is going to go hard against the system of racism and white supremacy. And this woman is a white supremacist, so you know she's not going to go in there to tear the system down. It is about making sure our people ain't running around ignorant. So we got a lot of work to do, man. We got a lot of work to do for those people that work in the area of politics. And if somebody, if you see a black person telling you that you should support Hillary Clinton, either that person is very confused themselves and not very informed about her track record, or they are practicing proxy racism. You see, the one or the other. We can forgive people that's confused and less informed because we can inform them and we can hopefully try to help them on their way to being less confused. But when you are purposely aiding the enemy, I can't forget that. Not not doing wartime conditions. If we was living in a peaceful time, if it was peace, peace time, then we, we might... No, I'm still not going to forgive you. But anyway, we live under wartime conditions, people. So we can't, we, we can't allow these proxy racists to aid racism and white supremacy and not call them out and inform other people about what they're doing because our people are being harmed every day. Our people being enslaved every day. Our people getting shot down in the streets and beaten in the streets by slave catchers every day. Our children are being miseducated in the public school system every day. They are being indoctrinated into racism, white supremacy. Our children are being denied an education and forced into the poverty draft where they then join the army to go destroy other non-white people and make their lives a living hell just for some college money and then when they're done this country doesn't provide for their mental health care and they end up using drugs and then they end up what enslaved on a prison plantation 700,000 vets of the Iraq and Afghanistan war is in prison and I don't hear any of these people talking about that So if you got a reason not to raise that red, white, and blue, or to even burn it, piss on it, take a dump on it, whatever, do it for the 700 vets that's been betrayed and enslaved. If you're one of those type of people that say, you know, I support the vets, I support the troops. Until people are not being mistreated, then... You know, we can't be raising that flag. So anyway, that's all I got to say. Going to um, be back on air tomorrow. I'll check the calendar. I don't think we have a, a scheduled guest. If we do not have a guest scheduled for tomorrow, 
Tomorrow I will focus on war propaganda as promised. I said I was going to talk about that because our people don't, a lot of our people don't understand the power of propaganda. They don't understand the power of images. So therefore they don't understand the power of pulling down racist symbols and terrorist symbols. So we're going to study tomorrow if we don't have a guest and even if we have a guest if we have time we're going to talk about propaganda under war and how it's used alright so that's my program recognize the fact that you live behind enemy lines that the United States of America is a corporation and it's a battlefield out there and they're always trying to enslave us and if they can't enslave us they'll kill us that we have no representation but plenty of taxation and that they are just far too many people who are becoming casualties of this system so if you develop battlefield awareness then you can hopefully not become a casualty at least you can increase the likelihood that you will not but there is no guarantee because you could be doing everything right and nothing wrong and still catch a bullet in your back so anyway y'all be safe behind these enemy lines peace and blessings to all